birds cried, the earth trembles, the sky grows dark. My king yields his spirit. It's Friday, hope is lost, death has won, sin has conquered, and Satan's just a laugh. It's Friday. Jesus is buried. A soldier stands guard, and a rock is rolled into place. But it's Friday. It is only Friday. Good morning. Uh, my name is Steve Cunningham. I'm the lead pastor here at Wellhouse. And whether you've been with us for a long time now or just joining us for the first time today. I want to welcome you. Those of you who are joining us online, I want to welcome you as well to our Easter service. Uh, I told you this before. Uh, maybe you can relate to this. Uh, but when I wake up in the morning, I don't always stick the dismount getting out of bed. Those of you who are 40 years old and older, you understand. Those of you who are not there, you know, just wait. Your time is coming. And I have... I have caught myself in the last few years saying phrases like, I remember the good old days. And I don't know when that happened. I'm not sure, but I'm just telling you, it has happened for me. Uh, and I thought about that the other day, how much things have changed over the course of my life. And there's nobody in the audience today who can remember this, but a hundred years ago, I looked this up a few weeks ago, a hundred years ago, I started looking at the prices of things, you know, and how drastically different they are. This is what I found. You might find this interesting. The average home price is $3,269.40, right? And some of you are like, man, if only, right? If only I could find anything. I can't even buy a shed for my backyard, right, for that kind of money. Or a new, a new Chevy Roadster, right? Some of you are like, man, that would be awesome to have. It, it would have cost you uh, $570 100 years ago. 100 years ago, refrigerator, your refrigerator went out, you don't need to buy a new one. You could do so for $49.50. Wouldn't that be great, right? A gallon of gas. Oh, bless it, right? <laughs> 14 cents a gallon. Wouldn't that be great again, right? A dozen eggs also has increased, right, a little bit, 13 cents a dozen. And you look back on that, and, and, and none of us in this room can relate to those prices, maybe some of us a little closer than others. But I think the, the sentiment there is this, that there's a gravitational pull for us to go back to when life was easier and made sense. There's a gravitational pull, right? Have you ever caught yourself like going back to a time where you're like, man, if we just had it like that again, if it was just, if, if there was a way that we could kind of go back in time and, and make that happen like that again, man, if, if we could just go back to where it was easy and it just all made sense. I don't know if you caught in the video at all, uh, it, it, one of the phrases that kept repeating over and over again, they didn't know. And this is true of Jesus' followers that when they watched him hang and then die on a cross and they were buried, they didn't expect that a dead man would raise back to life. See, that's what they didn't know. 
And so in the Gospel of Luke, Luke records, who's one of the writers who records the story and life of Jesus, as he begins to kind of tell the end of it, we get a snapshot into this, this part where they were longing for life to be easy and simple again, when it all made sense. They were longing to go back to a time where Jesus was walking with them and it seemed like everything was before them and none of their dreams or none of their thoughts None of their hopes had been crushed. And I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where all of those things have rang true, right? All of my dreams felt like they were crushed. All my hopes, they were just kind of hanging on by a thread. And this is the story that we find shortly after Jesus has been killed and placed in a tomb and his body no longer there. It's Luke 24, verse 13. This is what it says. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking to each other about everything that had just happened, the whole crucifixion, the, the whole mob scene, his death. They were talking about it. And as they talked, they discussed these things with each other. Jesus himself came up and he walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. And he asked them, what are you discussing as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. And one of them named Cleopas asked him, are you only visiting Jerusalem and don't know the things that have happened here in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, he was a prophet powerful in word and deed before God and all people. The chief priests and the rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what's more, it's now the third day since all of this took place. And in addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen visions of angels who said he was alive. And then some of our companions went to the tomb and they found it just as the women had said, but they didn't see Jesus. See, they didn't know. Everything that they had hoped for, can you hear the desperation in their voice? Can you hear that longing to go back? Remember when he was a prophet and a teacher and all the things we had hoped for. But they don't look like they're going to come true. In fact, dead men tend to stay dead. And that's where they were that Sunday morning See, I know this to be true of all of Jesus' followers, is that in life you will experience pain and despair. I would, I would love to promise you, I have six kids, I would love to promise each one of them, like, listen, in life, I will protect you from all of that. You won't have to worry about going through hard things. You won't have to wrestle with, with deep things. There won't be times in your life when you wrestle with hope and you wrestle with things that just kind of seem to crush your spirit. I would love to take that all away from them. But the truth of the matter is that all of us eventually go through a time well, you're experiencing pain and despair, and that's where they were. And what I found to be true, too, is this, that pain and despair often lead to doubt and confusion. You can hear that in them, can't you? The pain and despair have, have switched to doubt. We thought, we had hoped, 
And now what? What do we do? Where do we go? There were some people who were running to the tomb that day, but they didn't see what they expected to see, and now they're confused. See, the cross was meant to do that. It was, in fact, meant to cause pain and despair and doubt and confusion. The Romans had built the system in such a way that somebody would be flogged publicly, drugged through the streets publicly, put up in a public display, and die a public death. And this was the symbol for pain and despair and doubt and confusion. But you see, they didn't know that Sunday was coming either. See, what was once known as the symbol of death and despair, Jesus turns into the symbol of life. And that's why we gather today. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, we have no purpose in gathering. We have no hope. But he did. Today, we asked you, invited you to bring flowers. And if you didn't, we have enough for you. And straight towards the back, you'll see a cross. It's covered on the sides and back with chicken wire. And we encourage you as a family to go here in just a moment. You can place flowers into the cross as a reminder for us that Jesus takes even the most hopeless situations, the times where you're the most lost, things don't make any sense at all, in complete despair and utter confusion. And he breathes life into it. And so today, as you gather with maybe just you or your family, your children, your spouse, whoever it is, as you place the flower on the cross, maybe there's something that comes to mind. And as you put that on there, you can pray, God, listen, I need you to breathe life one more time. As God, I'm clinging on to the hope that if you can do this, and you can do anything. And after you're done there, we encourage you off to either side here, we have communion. And you can take that individually, but we'd love for you to take it with community. And you can pray with your family or with a friend and gather around and take that. And we're just going to spend some time today remembering the price that was paid on our behalf, but the hope that we have, that we don't have to live in doubt and despair, even when we live in pain. God, we are so grateful for you. We're so grateful for everything that you've done, that you have taken what was the symbol of death and that you've turned it into the symbol of life for us and that you give that freely. So God, as we remember what the cross stood for and we watch it transform into the symbol of life, would you do that for us? Whatever the symbol of death is for us today, whatever the symbol of despair is for us today, would you help us have eyes to see how you're turning that to your good? And then, God, as we gather around tables today, would you help us remember how much you love us, that you would give your very best, even for our very worst. We pray all this in the power, might, majesty of your great name. You're dismissed to go with your families back, place a flower on the cross, and then take communion.
We have our uh, our kids trained really well. Several of them are coming up. They're like, uh, did you forget to dismiss us? Uh, to, I, that could be something I would do for sure. Uh, I'm not I'm not above that at all. Uh, I think about this in my life, and and uh, I don't want to claim this over your life, but it's certainly true for mine. I've been in places before where it just seemed like nothing was really working out like I had hoped, and I couldn't necessarily see how it ever was going to. Ever been there before? Uh, and uh, good, three of us. So we're the three of us are going to go get lunch together today. The rest of you are awesome. Um, I think that's pretty normal. I think it's pretty normal to feel like, man, I, I just don't know if this is ever going to, to really work out. And I wonder that day if those two women who are walking on the road to Emmaus and talking about things, if they ever thought like, all right, what do we do now? <laughs> we had given our, our life over the last you know, couple of years to this guy, and what do we, what do, we do now? Like, what does that look like, and how, how do we move forward from that? Maybe, maybe a better way to phrase that question is, how do I reclaim joy and peace in my life now? How do I reclaim that? I had it once, and it all felt right, and it was good, and now it's not so good anymore, and I don't really know what to do. You see, the story is not over. Do you remember them talking and, and they said this phrase, what's more is that it's been three days. Well, see, there was a custom that they believed at the time that, that you could die, but your spirit was kind of still hovering around your body for about three days. And then after three days, what they believed was uh, your spirit would eventually kind of leave. They, all right, you're, you know, it's been long enough, you're dead, dead. And now the spirit leaves and it's gone. And so they would say, all right, after three days' time, you're not just like dead, you are really dead. No hope. And when they're telling Jesus who they don't recognize at the time as Jesus, listen, what we want you to understand is not only did all this horrific stuff happen, not only we see this and we witness this, not, not only we go through this whole thing where we thought he was going to be the Messiah, we thought he was going to be the one to restore Israel, but not only was he crucified, he's dead, dead. No hope. See, how do you reclaim joy and peace in your life when there's no hope? Verse 25 in Luke chapter 24. Then he said to them, how foolish you are. By the way, guys, don't start an argument with your spouse that way, right? I mean, that's, I've tried it. I've even said it's in the Bible. It does not work. I'm just saying and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things then to enter his glory? In the beginning with Moses 
and all the prophets. He explained to them what was said in Scripture concerning himself when we started this series for you, for me. That we talked about this idea that since, since the very beginning, since Genesis, since the, the original sin in the garden, Jesus has been for you. The whole Bible declares in many different ways how God is for you in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus is for you. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us. For it's nearly evening, and the day is almost over, so he went to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, and he gave thanks, and he broke it, and he gave it to them. And then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from them in their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked to us on the road and opened Scripture to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. And there they found the eleven, and those with them assembled together, saying, It's true, the Lord is risen and appeared to Simon. And then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized with them when he broke bread. This is their story. See, the whole time on the road, as they're kind of pouring out their, their, their wounds, as they're, they're going through the deepest despair and how all hope is lost. Listen, our, our rabbi, the guy that we thought was going to save us, man, it did not work the way we hope. And it is, it's not just over, it's, it's really over. As they look back on it, they discover, wait a minute, the whole way. You remember the whole trip? Like as he was talking to us and explaining things to us, was, was there not something kind of stirring, even in the midst of despair, was there not something happening? And finally, finally, when Jesus reveals himself to them, everything comes together. What sense do we make of this? Man, I would love in life to have like this magic kind of, Hill that, that I could take and I could, I could sell to you for a hefty price, right? That would make everything go to, be, to get better. Like if I could just give it to you and then everything makes sense. Wouldn't that be great? But life isn't nearly that neat. I can think back over the last 24 hours, last 48 hours, the last week, the last couple of weeks, a number of people that I know who've walked through some really hard things. Some have been able to say goodbye to loved ones and other ones never even had a chance. Some people got diagnoses that they just weren't expecting. Other people, they don't even know it yet. Life is full of hard things and challenges. I'm just telling you, some have come your way and some are still coming. I can assure you of that. But I can also tell you, you can, in the middle of it, still reclaim your joy and peace. So you can find joy and peace, just like these women on the road to Emmaus, when you walk with Jesus one step at a time.
I remember in my life there was a season of just extreme doubt and despair and hurt. And I remember thinking through like, man, I don't even know if this thing is even worth it. Like if following God means going through what I've gone through, then I don't think I want to do that anymore. And I wrestled with it and I wanted, I wanted so desperately to either have a clear answer or just to get the whole thing over already. And I had a wise friend of mine remind me, Steve, following God is in the long obedience. It's in the taking one step after another with Christ. And here's what I found. While that doesn't sound very magical at all, there's so much to be learned through that process. See, these women, step by step, didn't realize it at the time, but they were walking with a risen Savior who would change the story. See, they thought He was coming to redeem Israel, and what Jesus was coming to do was to redeem the world. See, maybe God's plan for your life doesn't look like your plan for your life, but He's doing something great in and around you, and you get to participate with Him, to walk alongside of Him, and your story matches up with His story as He redeems the world. And some of that is through you. And you get to choose to walk in obedience with Him, even when it's messy, even when it's hard, even when you think, man, things could not get any worse. They couldn't get any harder. They couldn't get any more challenging. They couldn't get tougher. I couldn't suffer more grief. God said, just take one more step with me on this journey. I promise you that I'm redeeming things. I'm taking what is broken and I'm restoring it. And I'm telling you, I would not be standing here today if that were not true. And some of you can say this exact same thing in your life. That's true for you. And the thing is, is that we have to wrestle. If, if finding peace looks like walking with Jesus one step at a time, then what is your next step? What's your next step? What does that look like for you? Does it look like saying, all right, God, I'm, I'm wrestling with this thing and I want to I give up, but I'm just, I'm just going to hang on to you and trust that you're still good and trust that you can still give hope. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe for some of you, is you're not in a season of despair, but you see other people who are going through that, and your next step is to say, all right, listen, God, I want to be salt and light to the people around me because somebody's been that for me, and so I'm going to walk with somebody else through this path. If that's you, then take the next step today. For others of you, then your next step you've been thinking about for a while, and you're like, listen, I'm ready, I'm ready to to move my relationship with God further through the water of baptism. I know several of you have been thinking about that, and you're, you're ready to make that commitment today, and that's wonderful. We have an opportunity today to baptize some people right out here, and that's wonderful. Maybe your next step is just committing to Christ today, just to say, all right, listen, from this day forward, man, it's, it's not me I'm living for, it's him. Whatever your next step is, we encourage you to take one more step with him today to find peace and joy in your life. 
See, there's no easy answers to hard things. Oh, man, I wish there were. But I can tell you life gets way rougher when you're walking that road alone. And that's why we have a body of Christ, the church. And that's why we point, don't point to ourselves. Or we don't have it all together. There's nobody perfect here. But we know and we worship one who is. So today, if you're thinking about taking a next step in baptism, in just a moment, I'm going to walk towards the door. I'd love to meet with you. We can talk and get you ready for that. And if you want to take another next step, our staff, our shepherds, our lead team, we would love to walk you through that process today, whatever that looks like for you. But please hear me say this. Whatever hope you have lost, I can tell you there is a God who redeems and restores all that is broken. And it may not look like you had thought it was going to look, but I can tell you that when God fixes it, it is truly fixed. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and give you peace. To him who is able to keep you from falling and present you before his glorious presence without fault and with tremendous joy. May you be swept away in God's love for you and transformed through the Holy Spirit's power within you. Thanks be to the only God, our Savior, who is unparalleled and unchanging, who is matchless and merciful, who is supreme and sufficient, who is before all things and through all things and in all things, both now and forever. 